SAFM, leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhez Omapete on SAFM. Our co-host is a former military man, might still be because he carries that title. And any time South Africa goes to war, they will call on their generals, one of them being Bantubonga Harrington Holomisa, a gutsy public servant and national treasure when it comes to South African politics. He served as a commander of the then Transkei Defence Force and became a key role actor and player in the transition, particularly from the Eastern Cape perspective. Of course, when you talk about the transition, we're talking about CODESA and the multi-party negotiating forum. Olomisa is also one of the longest serving parliamentarians in our democratic history and the president sitting of the UDM since its founding in 1997. He sits on various parliamentary portfolio committees, which serve as a reminder to all South Africans that he is committed to bringing forth a better standard of life for all of the people. And just about every election manifesto stroke poster of the UDM, it will oftentimes read, corruption destroys the gains of our freedom. Mr. Olomisa, thank you so much for your time. Good evening. Good evening, Spili Lehman. When I look at this uh, program, uh, when I was invited, it says, uh, Tuesday, take over. I said, mm. hey, these guys, they need to be careful because I'm notorious of taking over government. <laughs> 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 well, I think yeah. my producers are one up on you. Lesejo Brafini, Kanya, please play something because when there's a takeover discussion and the name Olumisa <laughs> features, we, we are talking about something like this. Please listen. Order, order, order. Withdraw that, comrade. Thank you. <laughs> no, 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 my producers are one up on you. They're going to play a clip. As Wow, what a question. General, is that what you are talking about when you're talking about takeovers, eh? <laughs> Ah uh, no no that 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 era has passed. We are now Democrats. Let's talk about that because it it is unfortunately or fortunately, as the case may be, depending on who the person is, it is a legacy that is attached to you, and for that matter, still because you are general, you are within the South African Defence Force ranks. Somebody, if push came to shove would be called upon to assist in the defense of our national sovereignty. But it does go back. Talk to us then about the military man that is Bantu Bonke Harrington Olumisa. Where did it start? What were the options for you in terms of career? And how, in rising through the ranks, did you become a head of state of Transkei? Wow. In 1976, July, I joined the then Transkei Defense Force. And then I did my basic training in, in Umtata. And uh, after a year, then I followed the career in the Defense Force. And I was uh, appointed or nominated together with other officers to do the instructor's course. And then we, after that, we did uh, the officer's course. And uh, at that stage, the Transkei Defense Force was recently established in 
76. So those who came mm. early, and especially those who uh, had a metric at the time, had an opportunity to be given, uh, to be sent to do various courses. The situation became worse when uh, Matanzima expelled the then uh, SADF uh, seconded staff who were training Transkai. And then they were expelled in 1978. And uh, we had to be accelerate, we had to do accelerating, uh, acceleration courses. We were sent outside the country. And then we came back and continued with our courses. Uh, the last course, the highest course I've ever done was the senior staff course in, at, in Pretoria at, at Full Trigger Walker College then. That course, uh, if mm. you have done well, you would be brigadier up to a general rank. So General Ntikaka and I were the first ever South Africans to have been accepted in that course, and we did the course with the students from South Africa, that is military personnel, as well as from other countries, especially South America and Asia. And uh, fast forward, I was appointed a commander of the Transkai Defense Force in 1987. And then there were commissions of inquiries, which pointed fingers at the prime minister of the time, Chief George Matanzas. And then we went to see him and advised the senior officers that, uh, please, why don't you consider taking a, a, or, or trying and, and, and monitor the, uh, the election of uh, your successor? Uh, because uh, there's a lot of anxiety in the country. We cannot tolerate. People cannot tolerate these commissions which are appointing as a you and no action is taken. Chief George Matanzima mm. bought that, then he resigned, and then Stella Stau was appointed or elected by her political party, Tini. And uh, 87 days later, we got some documents which implicated the entire cabinet. That was the, the copies of checks. 50,000 each, which were given to those ministers in the Matanzima cabinet and Stella. Uh, and Stella. Then she, we, we, we took a decision and <clears throat> she must go. And then we overthrew the government. So that's all, Omisa. In 1998, you ousted the government. How old were you in 1987. I was 1987. How old were you then? How many? 32 years old. 32. Where, where, where did you get that call? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking in the context of what was happening in the country. 1987, yeah. border declared there's that transition taking place. They're following the state of the emergency. It has leaked that Madiba is in conversation with Pretoria. South Africa, in many parts, is ungovernable, burning even. And there are genuine talks of change. The anti-apartheid movement has gained serious momentum, particularly in the USA. You have just been made a commander 
of a TBVC state, Transkai, in this sense, 1987, mm. April of that year. And later that year, 32 years of age, that's me, yeah. four years ago, you are taking over. Where did that goal, it's been, so to speak, come from? And what were you hoping to achieve? Well, it was our initiative in the first instance as military officers to intervene and advise the Prime Minister that you are compromised. Please take leave of your office. So he looked at us and then he thanked us. And uh, at that stage, uh, you will also notice that uh, in 1987, before I... I was appointed a commander of the Transcribed Defense Force. Uh, mm. I was fortunate in my upbringing in that I studied at a special college for sons of this, whose syllabus was mainly focusing on training us as future leaders, and also whose syllabus was intended to make sure that we are able to analyze the situation and take mm. a decision. That's, that's, that's my upbringing. And then it became worse when I joined the Defense Force because the courses you do in the Defense Force, they are also shaping you to be a leader. And also as a commander, you must know when to take decisions to save your troops. So this is what mm-hmm. we did. We saved the entire people of Transkai and the region. And fortunately, uh, after that, we linked uh, 1988 with the liberation movement, and uh, that has helped that area in not to for people to to, to, to resist change and properties and so on, because we understood the, the, the planning cycle of and the, and the psych which was taking place in Southern Africa, being a, a and of current affairs, where I was taught John Lizard College, son of Chins, uh, the College for Sons of Chins, by the current uh, uh, advocate to Miss Ansara, the senior counsel. We were taught how to analyze the situation. I remember in 1984, when I had left school already, 84 85, when uh, Gorbachev and Reagan met in Geneva to scale down the to scale down the, 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 the Cold War. I was doing the staff course in Pretoria. I told those students and my my fellow students, colonels and brigadiers, I said to them, Namibia is going to be released, is going to be freed. You have already been told that uh, is, is, is Namibia is the next. I said to them, in 10 years' time, South Africa will be free. Wow, they throw their berets all over us, over our dead body, never, not in this country. But I was correct. So if you, mm. are, you, don't, you have not been taught to analyze those issues, even here in politics, yeah, I don't normally just open my mouth or, 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 or oppose anything that moves. <laughs> You analyze the situation and say, all right, this institution is corrupt. Let's investigate. <clears throat> I'm just making an example. 
For sure, for sure. No, we appreciate that. And I appreciate this very detailed account of things because it is that political strategy, that military strategy we want to focus on on the other side of the ad break. And I'm calling the listeners as well because there have been many questions and comments directed to you on our Twitter platform. Ethel Trollope is one of them, for instance, talking about Nelson Mandela Bay. I have invited him to call because he has a pointed question around Nelson Mandela Bay municipality and how the UDM has effectively been the kingmaker on one side of the UDM and on another occasion, the ANC. So for those of you who are interested, this conversation where you can engage Mr. Olomisa himself now whilst he is still a guest has another 10 minutes of life left. Please give us a call, 0891-104-207. After that 10 minutes is over, we will go into the segment where Mr. Olomisa himself takes over the show and brings on a guest who is no stranger to South African politics himself, of course, Mr. Zulinzi Mavavi. He has told you on Twitter, he is now on the platform, on the other side of the break, we're taking your calls. He is back after this. SMS SAFM now on 41391. Nothing conventional on the viewpoint. Call Songhez or now 0891-104-207. Quick house rules. Keep it short. There are many behind you who want to have their say to a representative of theirs in public. Good evening, Mike in Newlands. Thanks for calling. Thank you very much, Singhazo, and uh, always question why people be watching TV when we have such great opportunity to list such amazing people <laughs> as a general you have to Oh, you flatter me, man. Uh, Thank you. Uh, appreciate that. <laughs> Pleasure. Listen, uh, uh, two quick questions, General. Um, you're a general. You're a real, absolute general. You've done the time. You've done the courses, as you mentioned. What do you feel about generals like Becky Kelly who come along? As to the best of my knowledge, has never done a course in his life and calls himself a general. Have you ever commented on that, and do you not take exception to that, the fact that he hasn't earned the rank of general? Because a general earns that rank. You don't just get it overnight. And the second question is, uh, what happened in uh, Nelson Mandela Bay? I feel Mayor Banani was a disappointment. I also wonder why you took exception to the DA, not because it's the DA per se, but if you look at the mess the Eastern Cape is in right now, and uh, particularly with the aid, the collapse of the hospital, the government in general, surely, uh, and I am a DA supporter, but I would have just, I just could not understand that you did not put the people first uh, when, even if you have an exception with the DA, or a problem with the DA, and you still seem to allow the ANC to take hold of the government or take hold of control. And of course, the mess we're in today speaks volumes about the corruption in the ANC and where we should not be. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Mike in Newlands is followed by Mike in Tabazimbi. Good evening, Mike. How are you, sir? Well, sir, how are you? You keep it short, please. Yes, sir. Uh, Mr. Bantoulomis, I would like to ask you, uh, with the corruption cases being held at state capture and the corrupted people that are well known, but the NPA does nothing, what can you advise ordinary South Africans to do to stand up to corruption? Because of these people are well known, but nothing has been done till today. Thank you. Beautiful, short and sweet. Let's have a response to those calls, please, Mr. Olomisa. Peggy Trele, Nelson Mandela, bear your thoughts on that and corruption in terms of civic engagement, opportunities and, well, not opportunities, rather, strategies in terms of how we, ordinary South Africans, can help mitigate against corruption. Your response? After 1994, 
the government decided that the army and the police will be demilitarized, especially the head of the department. So that's why you will find that uh, these two departments are more, they are appointed then as a way of a civilian oversight. So the commander, for instance, and the head of department in defense, the civilian currently, at some stage, the head of police was a civilian. And Peggy Kale was appointed during that period. So when he joined the SAP, they gave him that rank, and the rest is history. As far as the Eastern Cape is concerned, especially in PE, the truth of the matter, the coalition between the UDM and PA uh, did not work. Uh, the DA accused the Bobani of corruption. The UDM said, if you have evidence, please table it in the council. Let the council take a resolution. If the council refers to Bobani to court or uh, to, to, to ethics committee, then we know that this matter is serious. Out of that, <coughs> we draw, but uh, Bobani, but we are not going to take a word, one word, from his colleague uh, only. They wrote, he wrote letters to us, and we told him in the meetings of the alliance that charged the person. We even gave the trolley an opportunity to say, go and out and investigate him. That, hence, he appointed the PWC uh, uh, audit firm. The audit firm came with the interim report. There was nothing. The final report, there was nothing. But they have been calavanting all over the country to say they have a prima facie. We said, charge him. We are still saying so today. Uh, state capture, oh, it will never be uh, solved unless we educate the voters. I mean, yesterday you heard from a member of the NEC, Nomvulam Konyane, to say, we gave, uh, I mean, the Bosasa gave us the money for elections, we used their offices, uh, for 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 rallies, for food. Where was that money coming from? It's coming from treasury. Mm. This is rotten to the core. So, mm. if we don't educate voters to say a party which steals from the center, from the government coffers, you can't vote for that. Mr. Olomisa, quick question. When you talk about educating the voters, what must be done to educate the voters? I'm not talking about running a campaign, tell us why we are better. Because when you talk about education, I understand you to mean engage South Africans on matters of public affairs. Who must do that? How does it, it, that person it, it is, or institution it is the, do that? The public institutions, it is the... The, 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 the population, the, the people themselves, political parties, NGOs. Right now, it's the right time to educate our, 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 our people to say, we are told there's no money.
But here that the billions were channeled through this process which funded the parties of leadership of the ruling party as well as the party itself. So that's why your child mm. is not being employed today. You need to simplify this. Mm. Mm. And the way of, the, of discussing this matter, we must use radio platforms, TVs, because it's, 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 it's the future of South Africa and, and, it's, and the, the current generation if we don't address it. David Thompson has a question. He's listening in on Twitter. Engaging the general. Does he think compulsory national service would have been a good idea and may still be applied in South Africa today? Does not only imply military service to the country, but more generally speaking, compulsory national service, military and others. What are your thoughts? Thanks, David. I fully support that 100%. The reason why the SADF looked uh, effective in their, in helping their people even <clears throat> in the health department is because there was a compulsory national service where, for instance, if you've graduated as a medical doctor, you would have to go and serve for a year or two and service and serve the, the communities. So not only that service would bring discipline to this country, but it's long overdue. Fair point. Because there are no further engagements coming from you, we are now going to give you an opportunity, Mr. Holomisa, to introduce us. Who is your guest? Why did you choose him? And what do you want to talk about? After that, we are then going to break very briefly, make sure your guest is settled and on the line before you take over. Uh, my guest uh, this evening is the Secretary General of uh, SAFTU, Zuelin Zimavavi. Zuelin is a veteran in the issues related to the economy, work, politics, and I can't wait to listen to him because the issue I want us to discuss today with him is the question of, of is, the, is this carry-on call by the ruling party and some big businesses to say they must use the, that this country, this country must use the workers' pension. So we need to discuss that a little bit. Fantastic. We do appreciate that. The time is now just a little before 25 to 9. We're going to take an ad break. For those who are tuning in and listening and wondering what's going on, well, it's Tuesday, and that means Tuesday takeover. Only radio takeover, and it ends at half past nine. This is not going to be a military coup, which might have resembled what happened in the Trans Guy in 1987, where a 32-year-old military man, Bando Lomisa, took over a whole country. What were you doing at 32? What capacity might you have had? to take over a country. This guest has done it, and just now he's going to be engaging somebody who held a lot of power in trade unions and labor movements in South Africa generally. Of course, we're talking about Zuedin Zimavavi. After the break, questions to them. For now, I'm out, and they will be in very shortly.